But we're in our series that we're talking about our vision. So if, you're, if this is your first week here, just to get you caught up, the first week we talked about embrace and what it means to embrace. And we, and we used the scripture of the prodigal son who kind of went his own way. He was the one who needed to be embraced in Luke chapter 15. The, son, the father embraced his son when he came back, even after making a lot of mistakes. But then you have the older brother who struggled to embrace. So in that passage in Luke 15, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it. And it talks about all three of those. And you will probably be in one of those times in different seasons of your life. You'll be at a time where you need to be embraced. And then, then you'll be at a time where you embrace people. And believe it or not, if you're not careful, you can find yourself in that place where you struggle embracing certain people. And part of what God is showing us, that it's not optional for us to embrace people. We have to love people where they're at because that's what, that's what God does. And aren't we grateful that he loved us where we were at? And then encouraging. And encourage means to come alongside. We talked about how God encourages us. He's given us the Holy Spirit that comes alongside of us to help us, to teach us, to, to guide us. And that's what it means to encourage, that we come alongside one another and we help each other. And we're there for each other. Then we talked about last week, we talked about equipping. And what does it mean to be equipped? It means you have what you need to do what God's called you to do. God equips us. The word equips us. The Bible talks about how this word is used to equip, equip people. And we talked about how we can be equipped. God, through the word, and through church. Times like this, because the pastor, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all those Gifts that God gave the church are, are gifts that are used to equip the people for the work of the ministry. That's what the Bible talks about. My job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, as a saint, I need to be equipped for the work of the ministry, too, because I'm just like you. But on Sundays, my job is to make sure that what I say comes from this word and is by the Spirit of God to you to equip you to do all that God's planned for you to do. And they're good plans that he has for you. So this week, we're finishing up with the four E's, and we're talking about empower. And if you, if you look at this, and I didn't, obviously these words came from the Lord, so I didn't see this until he kind of showed it to me, but that's the stages of life for, for you as a believer. You're embraced, you're loved by God. He loves you, he encourages you, he equips you, and he empowers you. As believers, even as a church, you come here and you're embraced and you're loved, and then you're encouraged, and then we equip you, and then we empower you to go out and do what? Embrace, encourage, equip, and empower. This isn't something just happens inside these walls. If Thrive Worship Center is your home, you're called to do this outside of these walls. When you go to work, you embrace people at your job. Even if they get on your nerves, embrace them. Some of you are like, I'll embrace them all right. Tight, <laughs> real tight. No, I'm talking about just embrace them, encourage them, equip and empower. That's what God's called us to do everywhere we go. And uh, I've never had one person get mad that they were embraced and encouraged or equipped and empowered. People are hungry. This world is desperate for something real and genuine. And God's love is real and is genuine. And it should flow through us. So we're talking about today, how can we be empowered? And what is it, what is it like to be empowered? Let's look at these scriptures real quick. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, or 3, I mean, verse 16. I pray, this is Paul praying, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will, meaning God, will what? Empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 
Paul is praying that for, the, for, for these people that you would have power, that God would be the one to give you power. Because if your power doesn't come from God, you're not very powerful. You're not, you're not very powerful. We're going to talk about some of that as we go. And then look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. For the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk, but it's living by God's power. See, have you ever, you ever known people that can talk a really good game, but then when it's time to watch their life, it's real quiet? You ever known people like that? You don't have to point them out. Don't look around. <laughs> don't. Stop it. <laughs> Embrace. You know, I remember, I, I remember you know, for me, I, I, could, I saw it all the time. People who, they could talk it. I mean, they could just talk it. And they're like, all right. So you watch them, and you're like, no, it's just talk. Coaching softball, when I played, I played baseball, played softball, but at the first church I was at, I was pastor of recreation along with all my other titles, but one of them was pastor of recreation. So I did youth ministry and all the stuff, and then I had this recreation thing. So I headed up our church softball team, and, and this was a very large church, so we had a lot of people come out to play, come out to Try out, I guess. And uh, I'll never forget, this is what I learned. If they come talk to you of how awesome they are, they're not. I'm just telling you, 100% of the time. But if they come out and say, you know what, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best. I played a little bit growing up, you know. But, I'm, I mean, if I can help you, I'll be glad to help you. Hold on to those people. But the people that come up and said, bro, I got you. Man, I can hit, catch, run. They call me lightning. I mean, I'm fast. I'm good. I'm quick. My, I got hands like Velcro. Just catch everything. Those people, let them go. Let them go. We had one dude. One dude. I'm, we had one gentleman who, uh, no, we had one guy who actually he came and he talked about how awesome he was. I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And he came and he shows up to the practice and he's got jeans on. I'm like, first of all, we, we, we don't play in jeans. But if, if that's what you're comfortable with, then he had flip-flops. And uh, so I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, grab your glove and head on out here. He's like, you got a glove I can borrow? I'm like, you know what, brother? Let me just help you. Softball's not your thing. You don't have the equipment. You don't have the clothes. You don't, you don't have anything. But I did. I was nice. I gave him my glove, let him use it, threw him some. Hit him a ground ball, hit him in the chin, and I knew right then, you're done. He said, man, I thought I was better than this. I was like, yeah. So needless to say, you can talk it all day. But you have to, but the kingdom of God isn't just about what you say. It's about the fact that God's power is manifesting in your life. That's how you know. That's what the kingdom of God is about. Demonstration of God and his power. So that's what we're talking about today. So first of all, we have to understand that for God, his power has to flow in us first before it can ever flow through us, right? Got this little analogy, Chris. I may have you help me with this. All right, so if you can plug that up. So we're going to look at this, like this outlet right here. That's God's power, okay? So God... That's representing God's power, right? You with me? 
because of the electric, electricity, that power. So for you to gain access to that power, you have to be connected to it, right? So if it's not connected and you go to turn it on, nothing happens, all right? If it is connected, then this is what happens when you have power. Woo! Right? Now, this is, this is what your life can be like. I'm going to walk over. It's loud over there. That's what you should be look like. Not, I mean, not look like that. But that can only happen when you're connected to power. Now, now unplug it. Here we go. That's what you look like if you're not connected to the power of God. You can't even really stand up on your own when, when, tr- when troubles come, when difficulties come. You can't. You can't make it. You can't, you can't get through challenges. I don't know how certain people who don't know the Lord, I don't know how they make it through some of that stuff. They go through stuff. They have no hope, and they're miserable inside. But if you connect to the source of power, okay, now before you turn it back on, if this is what we look like to the world, it's no wonder people aren't flocking to churches because we look the same way. But we can talk about, oh, man, yes, we, we have power. That's our power. That's our power without God. Now, plug back in. Now, with God, this is it. We, we get right back up, right? So when things knock us down, we get right back up, right? Are you with me? You understand what I'm saying? Do you get that analogy? You got it? Okay, you can turn it off because that would be really distracting for the rest of the message. So God's power has to flow in us. We have to connect to the source of power to be effective. And all that he's called us to do, not just for our life, but to help others, we have to be connected. And God's all about giving us that power. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2, when Jesus calls his disciples. He calls together his 12 disciples, and he gave them what? Power. Jesus gave his disciples power and authority so they could cast out demons and heal the sick. Then he sent them out telling everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So Jesus gave them power to do things. In other words, go out, pray for people, heal the sick, talk about the kingdom of God, demonstrate it. But you can only go out if you have power. So Jesus said, before I send you out, I'm telling you, it says before he sent them, he gave them power. You have power at your access 24-7 with God. To make a difference in the lives of people that you're around. And can I tell you, the same kind of power. You know, even as the church today, I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, he says in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The things that Jesus did, he said that because of the spirit in us, we can do the same things. Do you know I still believe in healing? And if people are sick, we pray. That's what we do. We pray for strength. We pray for wisdom. We pray for healing. We pray for everything the Bible says we can have. We pray for and we stand for and we believe because that's we we have that kind of power. Matter of fact, I'll get to that verse in a minute, but you'll see the power that we have. Look at 2 Timothy 1.7. 
God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but what has he given us? Power, love, and a sound mind. He's given us power. Again, you're seeing that the power is not ours. It comes from God. God gives us power. And those Greek words there, it's dunamis. It is a strong power where they get dynamite from. That's the word dynamite comes from, that same Greek word of dunamis. And it's basically, it's basically that kind of power, explosive power. That's what God has for us. That's what we should be walking in. Look at Ephesians 6.10. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Again, your power is not what you produce. Your power that you walk in every day should be God's power. It should be God's power. Because when you walk in his mighty power, you're going to see his kind of results. You've got to stay connected. Got to stay connected from God. Look at Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So here's what that power does. That power that comes from God that you receive when you receive the Holy Spirit, that power produces in you the ability to be confident and bold when you walk this life and you share the gospel of good news with people. Not just in how you say, but in how you live. It's not just sharing the gospel. We have all these things about go out and tell everybody about Jesus. That's good. But the Bible says it's not about talk. It's about living by God's power. That's what the kingdom of God is about. So don't just go out there and talk about how people need Jesus. Show them Jesus. Show them the power of God in your life. And that's what, that's what this power comes from. It comes from the Holy Spirit. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 4. He has shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, the power of the Holy Spirit is what raised Jesus from the dead. That's a pretty strong power. Would you agree? I mean, it basically took a dead person and brought them to life after three days. That's the power we're talking about. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Now let's go to the next verse there in Romans 8, 11. <clears throat> The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives where? So here's what that says. And one translation says it this way. The same power that we talked about in a minute ago that could bring death to life, bring the dead to life, that power, that same power dwells in you. That same power from the Holy Spirit is inside of you. So when you look at situations and think it's hopeless, no. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. It's not hopeless. It's not, you can still be at peace with whatever you go through. Because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have access to that power. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. The word of God is alive and what? Powerful. The word of God is alive and powerful. You know what that means? Powerful, full of power. This book right here is full of power. This book is full of power. For you to get in this book, you are connecting to power. 
You are bringing power in your life by connecting to this book. And the challenge is, is we have, at least for me growing up, I heard that so much, it just got, I just got used to hearing it. But if I could somehow just let you know, like, like this is for real. Like, we're not just trying to get you to have a healthy, disciplined, devotional life. This book is to give you power. This book is to guide you and lead you and to give you hope. This book is to help you see who God is and understand his heart for you. This is God talking to you. This book. And there's power associated with this book. And, and I'm not going to do it, but as much as we talk about it, if you were to take a poll over the church overall, the entire church, not just ours, the church, because there's only one church. We're all part of the body. But if you take a poll over all of it, I guarantee you'd find out that there's, there's a lot of room for improvement in our time in the Word. And then when we do have it, sometimes we're so... We're in it, but we're so distracted because we have everything else going on. That's one reason why I think sometimes it's great to use your phone or your iPad, but I'm telling you, if you could get your actual Bible and sit down at a table, at a desk, clear everything, turn your computer off, turn your phone off, shut the door, put a, kid, put a movie in for the kids, give them a hot dog, do something, distract them, sit down, and read the Word of God. Because on your phone, you read, and then a text comes in, and then you lose focus, you respond to the text, and then something else happens, and something else happens, and pretty soon, it's just, you're just distracted. I'm easily distracted. I, I, I mean, I'm, I can get distracted over the simple things. Even Patty and I, we go, we go eat, and she's talking, and I'm like, Oh, look over there. And I'm learning to, whoosh, she helps me focus in. And even when I'm looking at her, sometimes I'm not focused. Because she was talking to me one time and she's saying something. I was like, did you hear what they said right behind us? And she's like, I've been talking to you. You didn't hear what I said, but you heard two tables back? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were mad. That lady's mad about something. And now, now there's two ladies in the restaurant mad. That one and then the one that I was supposed to be listening to. But you know what? We can, it can get like that just with even getting in the Word. We got our Bibles, and then all of a sudden this little thing comes across the top. You have a message, you know, and it'll, 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 it'll pull you right away. And can I just tell you, the enemy would love nothing more than to keep you from this book because if you're not grounded in the Word, he'll mess with you. But he cannot. He cannot overtake you when you walk in the kind of power that's available in this book. He can't. He can't at all. So we got to stay connected to the word. So this power flows in us. We talked about all these scriptures where God gives us power. The Holy Spirit gives us power. The word, the word of God is alive and powerful. It gives us power. So now this power not only comes in us, but this power now can flow through us. To make a difference. Let's look at Acts chapter 10, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So here's what happened. Jesus was anointed by God with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he, then he went around doing things. As a result of having connection to the power of God, it resulted in him able to go around doing things and healing all who were oppressed. If you look at the life of Jesus, he brought healing to many, many, many people. He changed people's lives. He had people looking for him, following him. Crowds were pursuing him. Why? Because of power. Because he was walking in the power of God. What would it be like? All right, let me just ask you this question. What would it be like? Because a lot of times in my circles, I was with pastors, okay, I, when I hang out with other pastors, here's what I can sometimes sense. And not, I don't think it's a bad thing, but we're always looking, how can, we, how can we get more people? How can we get a crowd? Right? You want church growth. You want to fill every seed. And, you know, you want to, whatever, you know, you just, you want to know you're growing and healthy. And for a lot of times, people look at that numerically. What can we do to build, to get more people? Can I just tell you, when I look at the life of Jesus, he didn't pursue the crowds. He walked in power, and crowds pursued him. In other words, crowds were like, whoa, we, we want to go there. Where's Jesus? We've seen what he can do. Let's find Jesus. In Mark 5, the lady had an issue of blood for 12 years, been to doctors. Nobody could help her. She spent all the money she had. But it says this, when she heard about Jesus, she went and found him. There was something that Jesus was walking in, some kind of power, some kind of anointing that was from the Holy Spirit that he was walking in, that people heard about Jesus and they thought, we got to get to him. What if we lived our life that way? What if people were just like, you know what, man, and I'm not even, not even just thrive. What if the body of Christ did that? That all these churches were walking in power. And people who are wondering and questioning and looking for hope, all of a sudden it's like, you know what? i got to find them. There's something different about them. It's, there's just something different. That's what I believe walking in power to be like. To know that God would empower us so we could make a difference in the, in the community we live in, in our jobs, and in our families. Look at Philippians 2.13. Here's a cool thing about God. God works in us, and he gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's a pretty cool God. That if the things that he has for you, he'll give you the desire and the power to do it. So you can't say, well, pleasing God, I just can't. You know, I know he wants me to do this, but I can't do it. Uh, well, he'll give you the desire, but he'll give you the power to do it. In other words, God will equip you to do what he tells you to do. He's equipping you with power. I always said, growing up, I'll never be a pastor. Ever. No way. There was nothing in me that ever wanted to be a pastor. Everybody else, I mean, if you've been here over two weeks, you know what I wanted to do. I'd be the baddest FBI dude ever. That was me, and I, I, was, I was ready. But you know what? 
Why am I pastoring today? Because God called me. And not only did he call me, but he gave me the desire and the power to do it. That's how he works. So when God has plans and purposes for your life, even just as a believer, to be the best husband, the best dad, the best, you know, wife or mom or brother or sister or whatever, or employer, employee, whatever he's, whatever you're at, God gives you the power to do it well and to make the right decisions and to do the right things even when no one else is. That's how God empowers us. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Each time he said, this is Paul when he was dealing with the uh, thorn in the flesh. And we will, basically, here's what he says here. Jesus says this to him when he asks for help. He says, my grace is all you need. And he said this, my power works best in your weakness. In other words, when we realize that we don't have the power and strength to do it, that's when God's power works best. Because now we know it's, it's, just, it's through him. It's only through God that we can do this. Now look at Acts chapter 3. We're going to read this passage. It's 10 verses. And this is a demonstration of God's power flowing through Peter and John. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the gate beautiful, so he could so he could beg from the people going in the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. Then he said this. This is what Peter says. In other words, I don't have money. I'm not giving you money. I don't have money for you. What I have for you is this. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Now, let's stop there for a second. Peter had some sort of connection to know the power that he had access to. Otherwise, that would have been a very insensitive thing to say to someone. If you don't think it's possible, you're not going to tell a lame man who's never walked, get up and walk. There was something in Peter that said, you know what, I don't have what you think you need, but I actually do have what you really need. And in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And Peter knew that for him, that was probably like, excuse me, uh, did you see I was carried in here? I'm sure that the guy was wondering why he would say that. But here's the cool part of the story. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him up. Because he probably knew the lame man would be like, I can't walk, that's why I'm here. But yet Peter reached down and said, no, no, let me help you. And he helped and he picked the lame man up. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Something he had never done before. He began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising who? See, he didn't access, he didn't connect that power to Peter. He wasn't like, man, Peter, you are so powerful. Praise Peter. He didn't say that. He knew that that was above man. And he began praising God and he went into the temple with them. 
And all the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. And when they realized that it was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. So did this power not only affect the lame man, but it affected everybody. Because when people saw and realized who he was, they were all astounded. Now let's go to chapter 4. We're going to read the first 10 verses of chapter 4. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest. Let me just tell you this. After, after that verse, chapter, uh, verse 10 in chapter 3, Peter took that opportunity and he began to preach. He began to share the gospel with everybody. Because let me just tell you, when you walk in the power, people are open to know where you got it. So Peter took the opportunity and said, you see that? Let me tell you how that happened. And he, and, he, and he started talking about it. So now in verse chapter 4, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest, the captain of the temple guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is resurrection of the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed. So the number of believers now totaled 5,000 men, not counting women and children. See how many people were affected that day by Peter and John walking in power? 5,000 men, not including women and children, are coming to know Jesus. Their lives are being changed. The church is growing. The next day, the council and all the rulers and the elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Ananias, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. They brought in two disciples and demanded, by what power... Or in whose name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember what Acts 1.8 says. When you have the Holy Spirit, you receive what? Power. See, this Peter we're talking about is the same Peter in the few books over in the Gospels. Denied Jesus when pressure was on. When the pressure was on. Denied Jesus three times. And now he's standing up for him. He's been in jail. He's been in... He's, he's suffering for them. So now Peter says this, filled with the Holy Spirit and power, he said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to scriptures as the one who says the stone the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, and God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Verse 13 says, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They could see they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures, and they recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. You want to know where the power comes from, that you can affect other people? And God's power can not only flow in you, but can flow through you. When you connect to the thing, when the power of God, it will change you, but God will use you that that power will affect other people. And that one decision that Peter and John made when they were going to the temple and they stopped and Peter said that and that lame man was healed. That affected him. It affected everybody else. Around 5,000 plus people gave their lives to Jesus. 
The church is growing. And then what happens is now the people come against Peter and John. And Peter boldly declares this had nothing to do with us. They were healed by the powerful name of Jesus. That name. That's how he was healed. And it says that those people knew that Peter and John were just ordinary men that had no special training. And it says of them that they said, those people have been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be the greatest testimony you could have? Of you being at work and you have to leave early, pick your kids up for something, so you leave, you leave the office and one of your workmates says, you know what? You can tell they've been with Jesus. Wouldn't that be a great thing to hear? Driving down the road, someone pulls in front of you, you don't do nothing. And the person in the pasture seat says, you've been with Jesus. Because a week ago, it wouldn't have been that way. You've been with Jesus. I'm just telling you. That's where your source of power is, and it don't just flow in you, but it flows through you, right? All right, let me show you again. Everything still represents the same thing. There you go. What end do you need? You need both ends. All right. So let's look at it this way. You still have the same source of power. But look at yourself as this extension cord, right? Now you're connected to power. You're walking in power. And then someone like Peter walks up on this guy who needs the power of God manifest in his life, right? So Peter didn't just say to him, won't you go pray? Go connect. Peter said, you know what? I'll give you what I got, right? I'll give you, I'll access the power that'll change your life. So, so now, now you can plug that in. Now, you can turn it on. So now, your life is what's connected to God. And the person connected to your life now is walking in victory and strength because you've connected them to the power. Now, the ultimate goal, you can turn that off. The ultimate goal now, though, is for you as you begin to connect with him and as the power of God manifests into your life, into their life, then eventually what you do is unconnect them to you and they connect to the source of power themselves. Because you're never people's hope. But sometimes, sometimes God uses you to represent him to other people. As a result of that, healing that took place in the lame man, he began to praise God. And then he went to the temple, right? So it started with Peter being the one that was initially used to demonstrate the power. But after the power manifested, then this guy praised God on his own, not through Peter. He just bypassed Peter, and then he went into the temple himself. And that's what we want to do. We can, we can always connect people and be a, be a representative of God but we don't want to stay there. We want to say, listen, I'm here. I've encouraged you. And I want you to know the way I encourage you now, you have access to that all the time. 
I go to the hospital and pray with someone and I'm praying for you, you know, believe in God for you, and then I let them know, listen, you have access now. Thank you, Chris. You can be seated. You have access now that you can connect to the same God that I brought, the same God you can pray to. He hears your prayer just as much as he hears mine. And that's, that's kind of the process that, we're, that we're, we're looking at. It's got to be a connection that, that God is the source of. You connect there on your own. And then once you're connected, you can make a difference in other people because of where you're connected. People can tap into your life and experience the power of God. That's what, that's what it should be like. And that was an example there in Acts chapter 3. Now, look in Acts chapter 19. We'll just do this verse. God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. Where did these miracles that Paul performed, that people saw of Paul, where did it come from? What power? The power that God gave. If you keep reading that passage, you know, you're going to see that there was these, you know, let's just read it. You got them up there, right? Let's keep going. When the handkerchief or aprons that were merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases and evil spirits were expelled. Now listen to this story. A group of Jews were traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. So we talked about how Paul would cast out demons. Paul would pray for people, but he was using the power of God, right? The power that God gave him. Now, seven sons of, seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? So the man with the evil spirit leaped on these guys, overpowered them, attacked them with such violence they fled from the house naked and battered. These people that were trying to access power without being connected to Jesus, they were just saying, that would be like me using that same analogy and saying, you know what, I'm going to hold that cord. I want that same power. But if you're not connected to that power, you don't get that result. You can talk about it. You can, you can have friends that are connected there. You can know, you know, grandmama was connected there. You can have all these family members that were connected there. But if you don't connect to that power, you will not see it in your life. And this, these, this group of people were trying to do things with the power that Paul had and that Jesus had, but that power came from God. They weren't going, for, they, weren't, they didn't have that power from God. They were trying to use someone else's power from God to do that, and it didn't work. And they got beat up. We have to know our, listen, if you don't, if you don't walk in power, you can't, you can't depend on anybody else. You have to connect to God or connect to someone who's connected to God to help you get to God. But God is your ultimate source of power. Look at Ephesians 3.20 and we'll close with this verse. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power, okay, God, God's power, through his mighty power at work within us. So where's the power? Where's it at work at? In us. Right? Now say in me. Where's the power? That's right. It's in you. It's in you and it's in me. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or even think. So think about this. 
God's power can do more than what you could even ask or think. So I want you to think of, if you could ask God for anything right now, I mean, he was like, you think of the biggest thing you need, what, I mean, whatever it is you're facing, if you could have anything from God, that would just, I mean, it would take a miracle. I'm telling you, if you can ask it, if you can even think it, the power inside of you can do more than that. But if we don't tap into it, if we don't tap into it continually, that's us. Loving Jesus, going to church. But if we're not tapping into the source of power, we're not going to be effective. The reason this is so important is because, you know, when I looked at this this year, because I look at it every year, I'll just... I just think about our vision and how is it different and what am I missing? Like, what else is there? And every year, certain things stand out to me. But you know what stood out to me this year? Is I wasn't looking at it just to embrace and create a company empower in here. I was thinking about outside these walls. Can I tell you, people are dying to be embraced. I mean, they're begging for it. And we see the outward. We see things that they shouldn't be doing. We hear things that we, they shouldn't be saying. But can I tell you, behind it all is people that are hurting. And they're lost. When's the last time you were lost and was loving it? When people are lost, you, you, you're in panic mode. You'll do anything, say anything, try anything. You know what else people need? People need to be encouraged. We, we need to make sure as believers that we're, we do less discouraging and more encouraging. I'm just hoping this, well, you know, that might not, you, that might not be able to happen, bro. You might want to think twice about that. Or with God, all things are possible, man. We're standing with you. I'm right here with you. I'll walk with you through it. You're not alone. Equipping, you know, the, the world's trying. They're trying in their own way. And you know what? They got the wrong tools. So they're trying to fix their life with tools that don't even work. We have the tool. We have what they need. And then empower, you know what the world needs? I'm going to tell you what this world needs. I'm going to tell you what Concord needs. Charlotte, Harrisburg, wherever you live. You know what they need? They need a demonstration of the power of God in your life. That's what they need. They need for you to be willing to say, God, I don't even care what it looks like. I want to walk with your power. Let me say, walking in God's power does nothing to embarrass you. Does nothing to, to make you, you know, look crazy and weird. When God's power manifests, you think, you think it would have been a little bit weird if someone heard Peter say, hey, get up and walk for a second? People are like, oh, can you believe he said that to that lame man? He told him to walk. How rude, insensitive. Oh, boy, wait a minute. He's walking. He's walking. All of a sudden, Mr. Insensitivity went right away to, wow, where did that power come from? 
I'm telling you, as, a, as we got to be careful that we don't compromise and get so concerned about looking different that we just want to coast along in this world, do what everybody else is doing. Well, you know, if I pray for them and they're going to think I'm weird. Let me tell you, I've, I know people who struggle praying for somebody else because they would say, man, what if they don't get healed? What if they don't get healed? And, and that same person got a bad report and was begging for people. Pray for me. Pray for me. Sometimes it's our pride that stops us from walking in all the power God has for us. So we think, what are we going to look like? You're going to look like Jesus. That's not bad at all. Listen, I believe God can do anything. I really do. I believe that God is the great physician. I believe God can heal any sickness. I believe he can restore any relationship. I believe he can, he can do all kinds of things. He can give you power to love people who seem unlovable, to forgive, or to he can give you power and wisdom how to walk through something. But if we just go by this, we'll never, ever make it. God is powerful. I promise you. I'm believing for miraculous healing in my own family. And even though I haven't seen the full manifestation, I still believe it. I'm not altered one bit. My God has unlimited power to do anything and everything. And I want to walk in that power. Do you? Wouldn't it be awesome for people to drive by this place? Man, this place walks in power. Let it be said of Thrive. A thriver, we're not afraid to pray for people. If someone comes up to you and they know you go to church, they know you're a Christian, and they say, hey, can you just be praying for me? Absolutely. You say yes. And then you need to do? Pray. Don't wait and drive off. If you're at the store, pray at the store. Prayer on aisle seven. Who cares? <laughs> if somebody's hurting, they don't have to be long. Listen, if you're in line and it's the, it's the person ringing you up, man, I'll be praying for you, man. God, I think you'll meet that need in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't hold up the line. Excuse me, y'all. We're going to have us a prayer session. No. Embrace those people. Love those people by moving along. But when you say you're going to pray for someone, do it. Just pray. People need it. People want it. So don't be afraid to do it. God will give you power to do it all. 